Welcome to the eighth episode of the Koi Wolf Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, John Henshaw, and today I'm going to be talking about recent stories in the news. I launched KoiWolf.news and I'm publishing daily news articles about things that interest me, that I think affect most marketers and and so I'm going to be going through the different stories that I covered and kind of giving a little more color on them. Uh, Coil of News is meant to be a, a true news site. Uh, it's supposed to be a little more journalistic, whereas this is where I actually talk about what I think. And so the the first one is about Google debuting a new mobile search result. And this result is now using favicons. It's using little icons for your site. And that's kind of cool, especially considering everybody else has been doing that for quite some time. DuckDuckGo, Bing, and, you know, I guess that's actually about it as far as search engines go. And now Google's doing it. But what's really interesting about how they've decided to do it is they have done the same thing for their ads. And so we no longer have the green little icon, the green text that designates an ad as an ad. And instead you just have a little thing that says ad and it's black and all of the results kind of look the same and they all kind of blend together and it's right out of AdSense. Uh, AdSense's own suggestions on how you show your ads to trick users into reading it and clicking on it. And now Google is doing the same thing. So a lot of people complain about this. I don't really, not really sure if it's good or bad. Uh, it almost seems more inevitable. Uh, it's, you know, the thing that's worse to me is, is actually having just all ads above the fold, uh, which is something that they seem to be doing. And that seems to be the direction that they're going. Um, I'm more bothered by that than actually blending ads together. Uh, I'm sure it's a shock for a lot of people to kind of see it, especially in the local packs, but it's just, it was, I feel like it was inevitable. They've been recommending it to everybody who runs ads, particularly in the AdSense network. So to see them do it themselves is just sort of like, meh, okay. So they're eating their own food. So that happened. Um, let's see. Uh, Razer bought a gaming system called Ouya. Uh, and it was something that was uh, a Kickstarter. And it was supposed to be indie game platform... Uh, kind of a Roku for gaming. And I remember being excited about it when it came out, or at least I was interested in it as a first adopter. I always like to test these different things. And it was never that good. Uh, There still may be a place out there for somebody who wants to disrupt something that has, you know, kind of the big boys out there, the gorillas. But unfortunately for... Ouya, it just wasn't that great. There was nothing that really set it apart other than um, kind of like how I kind of see 
Firefox. Like Firefox just isn't quite there yet to replace Chrome for me, even though I want it to. Like I want it to, but it just it's just not as good as Chrome. I guess Chrome would really have to just take away all the things like I, I would have to be at a point where I feel bad using Chrome, which I think is probably where a lot of Firefox users are. They, they use uh, Firefox because they're just like anti Google, anti this, and nobody respects my privacy, that type of thing. I'm, I'm still at a place where I, I haven't reached that tipping point yet. Um, I, there's still so much I get uh, from Chrome, particularly from dev tools and some of the extensions that I can't quite give it up yet. Um, anyways, the point of that is Ouya just wasn't quite there. And Razor tried to buy them, and they were going to try to, to um, themselves to get into TV and all the rest of the stuff, something called Forge TV, and compete with everybody. And sometimes it's just really hard. If you don't have something that is just truly exceptional and and enough to pull you away from the companies that have millions, if not sometimes billions, um, pouring into what they're providing, it's just really hard to compete uh, with that. So what's the lesson from that? I, I guess the, the lesson is... Uh, be very careful before you you take on the giants uh, and make sure that you have something that is uh, a, a wow thing that the other people don't have and something that is not easily replicable. So another thing that happened this past week that I thought was very interesting was with HTML standards. And there have been two bodies, the W3C and what WG, both crazy sounding acronyms and names, but anyways, um, and they got to a point where they actually split and it was announced that W3C was essentially conceding to what G. Um, so, so far that, that may not make any sense to you, uh, <laughs> up to this point, as far as what I'm talking about, but what it, what it means is that these two bodies are in charge, or you could say even in control of the different standards for HTML and, and what gets made and, and that type of thing. And, and if you want to think, think back a long time ago to, what Microsoft tried to do when they were on their own, when they tried to branch off, they were doing uh, something called ActiveX controls and a bunch of other stuff that was only possible on Windows and, and Internet Explorer, and it was awful. So that's why we went back to trying to adhere to these more open public standards that every browser maker could adhere to. Well, it ends up that they somehow decided, you know, somebody has to run this. Um, and so anyways, they're conceding to what G, but what's interesting about what G is that what G is actually managed by Google and Apple and Microsoft and Mozilla. And so it's, it's kind of a weird place to be because 
on one side, that's kind of a good thing. It's kind of a good thing that all of the major companies that make the web browsers that we depend on every day um, and the engine behind it, they are talking to each other and they're creating standards together. And hopefully then, of course, adopting those into um, the Blink engine or WebKit. But with the exception of the fact that Mozilla is there, it's all commercial interest. And, and so that is a potential concern because we're essentially putting the control of what those standards are into the control of commercial interests as opposed to just general public interests. Um, and W3C says that they're still going to be a part of the process. Um, they'll be, they'll have a voice at the table. So hopefully that will um, act as a way to keep things from getting totally out of control. All right. Some other things that I thought were kind of interesting. So I was um, listening to Sam Harris's podcast because he was interviewing Jack Dorsey. Of which, you know, if you're like Jack Dorsey, you should know who he is. If you don't know who he is, he's the guy who founded Twitter. And a lot of their conversation was about toxic conversations, uh, bullying, abuse, whatever, you know, all the, all the words out there around um, what makes up Twitter and what makes Twitter such a um, garbage fire sometimes. And by sometimes, I mean all the time in certain places. And he had mentioned that they were going to really focus a lot on machine learning, in particular deep learning. And not too long after that, I found out that Twitter had acquired an AI company called Fabula AI. And that's their entire thing is through deep learning, being able to fight abuse. And so I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. It will be very interesting to see what they do with that because nobody has gotten this figured out yet. Nobody has figured it out. And uh, even I, I was kind of hopeful uh, maybe it was two years ago, maybe three, when Google came out with their Perspective API, which was supposed to do something similar. But really up to this point, nobody has been able to uh, figure this out. And I, and I know that everybody is kind of relying on the, the magic of AI to somehow make this all possible. Um, but either way you go, there's just so many problems with it. There's so many problems with censorship. There's so many problems with bu keeping you in a bubble. It's extremely difficult and complicated. Uh, I know that it is common for a lot of people to just really complain and, and have a great deal of anger towards the different digital platforms. I kind of have a slightly different take. Um, maybe that's just because I have a background in making software with, that is was extremely, you know, not as sophisticated as <laughs> some of these others. And so just knowing that, I just, I realize how difficult the problem is to solve. And, and really, even the things that they're doing today, 
um, and I assume change all the time and even just being a user of their of their of the platforms of Twitter in particular um, I, I see things improve over time uh, but it's a very very difficult almost impossible task to be able to truly understand the intent of millions of people of their words what they're writing how they're responding um, down to what is sarcasm um, you know uh, in a good or bad way but I hope that uh, they make a lot of progress with it I hope that the acquisition of Fabula AI is something that brings value uh, to them and to all of us who actually like to use Twitter and find it pretty interesting. The last thing I wanted to talk about was the transcript service I use it is called Rev. It's at Rev.com. And I don't do sponsorships or any of that stuff. I'm just, there's no ads, whatever. Um, if I talk about a product or service, on coil if anywhere it's just because i like it um so just want to throw that out but anyways rev now is beta testing their automated speech to text which is pretty awesome because rev is already great for giving them any kind of audio and getting it back in a pretty reasonable amount of time as in anywhere from a half an hour to two hours is fairly typical for me for a half an hour to an hour long uh, audio file. And it's really good. I have to do very little editing. Um, they have human editors or transcribers and they have been great for all the things I've used them for. But I ended up testing out this new service because I got an invitation, kind of an early beta invite invitation. And it's pretty good. It was not only is it kind of, instantaneous i mean we're talking like it takes a minute or two to return back your audio but uh, they had told me or at least in their copy that they have a 90 percent accuracy rate and what i got was much higher than that i mean what i got back was more like 95 percent. i didn't have to change much at all um so encourage you to go to rev.com um it may not be available to everyone yet, but you know, look for it or even request access to it. Um, and even regardless of the automated speech to text, um, I just encourage you to use their service anyways. I've been using it for a few years and it's just, uh, it's good for people who just like to read things and they don't want to listen. Uh, it's also good for Googlebot to come and crawl. So it's just like having a big, nice long article. So that's it for this week, and I hope you will check out coywolf.news and uh, see what's going on in the world of marketing in the digital age. Thanks for listening. <laughs>